Well, thank you, Monty, for that lovely introduction. I never, never, never get tired of the music, guaranteed. Welcome to another week of Living a Rich Life. I'm your host, Rich James. Here on Living a Rich Life talk show, we inform, inspire, and encourage each other to live the principles of Living a Rich Life Network. Those principles are good health, strong relationships, financial freedom, goals and achievement, extraordinary experiences, and philanthropy. We all have a great story. Oh, I can't believe this. Hopefully y'all guys can still hear me. We all have a great story. And my guests today are examples of living a rich life. With that being said, let's talk about it. My first guest is a licensed master esthetician she is a specialist in the Army, retired, and veteran, a mother, and businesswoman extraordinaire. Please welcome Carla Ross. Hey, hi everyone. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. How you doing, Carla? I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, I'm excited to talk about all things Carla Sugar and how that equates to living a rich life. So thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. I wouldn't have it any other way. It's, it's been a <laughs> long time coming and uh, let's let's get right into it. What do you say? Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> so, so first and foremost, tell folks where you are from. I am originally from Queens, New York. Yes, uh, in the 80s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> New York stand up. New York stand up. As you know, I am a New Yorker as well. Mm -hmm. All right, good deal. So I, one of the things that I've always found amazing um, about you was the fact that you did serve um, for this country. So thank you for your service. Thank you for your support, Rich. Uh, tell us about your service in the United States Army. Well, I served as a topographic engineer at 19 years old. I made maps and read satellite imagery. Uh, and it was an amazing experience. Um, I learned a lot about myself. I've gathered a lot of life experiences that I now use today. Um, and so, yeah, it was amazing. I was stationed in Fort Chapter, Hawaii. Of course, I traveled uh, a couple places around the world from there. But um, yeah, it was a good experience. Um, very challenging, not going to lie, but it was worth it. Absolutely worth it. You used to build maps. So the maps that I guess teams were using, right? I mean, your stuff was pretty important, right? Yes, absolutely. We were, um, essentially, we've made maps of all of the places that you've seen us in war. Um, we've actually helped make overlays of what they use as far as data for Google Maps and Google Earth that you use today. 
And so, yeah, we were at a very pivotal time uh, at map making and creation because we were still on the helm of GPS usage. I was in the military at 19 and 97. Yeah, I'm dating myself. <laughs> well, you, 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 I don't think so. No one would believe it. I don't believe it. So that's a good, that's a good segue as to what I want to talk about. I want to talk about all things call a sugar, right? Okay. Talk about age. Right. So let, let's let's talk about that. Um, so first, Caller's Sugar. What what does the name Caller's Sugar represent? Well, obviously Carla's me, and um, I put Carla's Sugar because number one, it's my sugar. I'm possessive over it, and I do sugaring, which is a form of hair removal. It's an alternative to waxing and shaving, and it's natural. And so I wanted to add that portion of my service in my name, but I also wanted to make sure I'm showing that I'm adding sweetness uh, to everyday life and to everyone's decisions on different types of services and modalities. So that's what it is. Carla Sugar, be sweet. <laughs> nice. So we're going to piggyback off of that services. So tell the folks um, what types of services that you actually offer at Carla Sugar. So I focus on customized facials um, and that's pretty much, there's no one size fit all facial for everyone. Um, it is specialized only to you, your skin type and skin condition. And then sugaring, of course, which is hair removal. That's really like one of my most popular uh, services, those two. Um, I do offer essential oil assessments, um, which is basically we choose um, based on your current state, your emotion um, and what your needs are, what essential oils are best for you. I get in your business a little bit, but of course, uh, it's to help assess, you know, what's best for you to use uh, moving forward. But facials and sugaring is really my my bread and butter of the business. Nice, nice. So, you know, my, my question is, how, do you, how did you get into skincare and becoming, again, a licensed <laughs> esthetician? I, I think I want to make sure folks understand that. Yes. A licensed master esthetician. Thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> there is a distinction. So um, long story short, I um, finished my military service and I modeled independently for two and a half years. And I would look at the makeup artists doing women's skin and, and men too. And I would always say to myself, wow, you know, you wouldn't have to use so much primer if we were, you know, taught how to take care of our skin from the inside out. And I thought of that as being synonymous with the industry that we are so adept at working on the outer and not necessarily focusing on the inner. And so I wanted to offer something that would be more creative and constructive to help people accentuate their beauty from the inside out. And so I have been giving facials to my friends and family for a while before I became an esthetician. Um, so I just looked it up and I found a school. It was in North Carolina. It's a college now. And um, I essentially went to the school and straight out of school, I pretty much went in for the biggest job you can have in North Carolina as an esthetician at that time, which was a five-star, five-diamond hotel and spa that was pretty much like up there in Condé Nast, all of those things. And um, when I interviewed, they couldn't believe that I was straight out of school. And so um, I obtained a lot of credit hours, a lot of experience. And I have been taught five-star, five-diamond treatment straight out of school. So I don't know any other modalities. It's hard for me to dumb it down. So um, I 
used to hide from the title master esthetician, you know, because I didn't want to feel like I was mastering anything, but I needed to honor my journey. And so I became a master esthetician because one, it was my passion. And I've learned through my journey that it's never just about skin. You know, it's always a segue into other things. And I'm actually changing people's lives by putting their best face forward. So becoming a master esthetician was actually the best trajectory for me because it also gave me some um, credibility, so to speak, in the industry early on. So, yeah. And, and, and that's, that's facts. And let me tell you why I say that, because in any profession, right, no matter what it is, there's that level of mastery, right? If you're studying uh, an art, a martial art, there's a master and there's a student, right? And even masters, you know, I hear folks say, hey, get yourself a licensed master plumber, mm-hmm. which, I'm in, which I'm in the need for. But that's <laughs> story, right? Okay, that makes that, that makes sense. I'm, I'm learning some things, folks. Once again, we have Carla Ross, licensed master esthetician here on Living a Rich Life. She is on the, the best radio station there is, BeExposedRadio.com. And we getting all, all the business. We getting all the business and learning to take care of ourselves inside as well as outside. So tell me, how do you determine products and treatment programs for your clients? Um, it's pretty simple. I do a lot of research and studying on what products to curate, to carry in my um, practice. But also I, I listen to the needs of my, my clients and customers, excuse me. Um, there's so many things out there. There's so many treatments, but I had to first ask myself what is necessary, what is needed by those who I will be serving the most and what is my capabilities. And it's, if it's aligned with Carla Sugar's vision and mission. So I look at getting, um, clean beauty products, things that are sustainably sourced as much as possible. Um, because if you're going to put it on your body, it's being ingested through your bloodstream. So I have to, um, constantly be researching. There's always new products. There's always new new everything. However, in order for my clients to not become product junkies because of marketing tools, I have to do education on myself so then I can better educate them. And so I basically curate my products and treatment protocols based on what's happening, the trends and the conditions of my client's skin. I like how you put that marketing because marketing is everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. folks that don't really know, they will just buy a product just because of a name, not really understanding what it actually will do to them or for them, right? Yeah, I mean, technically marketing is, it, marketing can sometimes be lies, you know? Um, so we have to sift through the lies to find the truth and how it's going to be beneficial to us. I mean, people bought snake oil for years, you know, <laughs> so whether or not it, had, it worked for them, if it's the placebo effect or not, we will never know. But because I understand how a nice package can really grab you, because I've been that person, packages grab me all the time, mm-hmm. um, but there's always the fine print. And so that's what I'm here for as the master esthetician to do the legwork, read the fine print and essentially give that information to my clients when they come in my my service in my chair. <laughs> For your clients, and I, I know like anything, some clients can be difficult, some clients <laughs> can be challenging. Yes. How do you deal with difficult situations, difficult clients, challenges? We'll call them challenges. Yeah. Um, and the, there's sometimes there's difficulties within within clients. I don't have much of that problem because 
one thing I will say, I've made myself an asset in the marketplace. So there's not many people who do what I do. And so um, if I have encountered someone who's given me a challenge, it's because it's a banter of information. So they'll give me information that they read up about a product, they're really sold on it, but I don't, you know, I'm against it or I don't like it. And I basically, in my spa voice, like I'm doing now, you know, I pretty much state my state my case. And essentially, uh, you know, we come to a meeting of the minds, whether or not we will be continuing to service one another or not. Um, I don't I don't like to say difficult. I would just say, you know, it's it's also a meeting of the minds because we're also going through a journey together. Your skin's always going to have ebbs and flows and changes. And so I just make myself open to listen. I think that's the first key. Um, as long as it's never infringing upon things that are ethical or moral for me in my business, there's nothing I can't get through with the client. So yeah, I don't have too much difficulty, but I'm willing to talk it thoroughly and hopefully gain their trust that I understand and know what I'm talking about. And if I don't, I am good on saying I do not know, but I will find out and research and get back with you. Okay. Now, let, let's since you shared that, let's share your social media information so folks know how to get a hold of you. That's the first thing. So can you do that for us? Absolutely. So it's Carla's Sugar. It's C-A-R-L-A-S-S-U-G-A-R. It's on IG, Carla Sugar on Facebook, Carla Sugar on Twitter, and carlasugar.com for my website. I also have a contact form on my website if you have any questions about the services or anything that you want to know. Um, and carlasugar at gmail.com is my email. So, yeah. Sweet. Now, you may not talk about this, but I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> and so, again, folks, we have... Carla Ross, uh, licensed master esthetician. Um, and again, the services she provides are, are, are amazing. I can say that because I've experienced them. The one thing folks I don't think understand is now, you have clients all over the country. You just came back from Florida, right? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, that has to be an experience in itself, right? You have clients all over and yeah. it's a fly out, you know, how does that feel to have that level of clients? Um, again, it just only goes to the fact that, again, you're a licensed master esthetician. Yes. Um, well, I am a mobile spa and I've learned that I needed to cast my net out a little further. Uh, my first client that flew me out to Chicago to service him, I've had him for about 12 years and he was a military serviceman. And so um, he thought that it would be amazing for me to find a way to travel beyond the scope of the DMV uh, to service clients. And I've always wanted to do it. I just didn't have the know-how, so to speak, because of all that it entails. But um, my clients are very, very resourceful and creative. And so uh, once I flew out to Chicago for the first time and serviced my very longtime client, it gave me the idea that you know, when I say I'm mobile, I'm mobile. <laughs> uh, so it, it feels good to know that, uh, you know, sometimes you don't get a lot of love in your hometown. You know, there's ebbs and flows in any business, especially during certain periods of um, the, the year. But it helps me to stay on my toes because to be able to travel, to be able to, you know, still give my services and to be uh, sought after enough to do so, it really enlightens me to know that I have something to offer this planet. So it feels good. 
Absolutely. So I do want to ask the question, how did you manage during that time? Well, we're still in a, a, a pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. This Delta strain, but when, when again, I'm, I'm no scientist or medical expert, but we still haven't really crossed that hump, right? How did you manage during that COVID time? And then as we're moving forward, it looks potentially things are might change again. I didn't do a whole lot of services. I was very selective. And of course, I was COVID um, to take, well, I won't say compliant. That's, that doesn't make sense. But um, I took the precautions, the necessary precautions safety-wise uh, for COVID. I've actually done this prior to COVID. A lot of uh, estheticians technically are supposed to wear masks anyway. Um, so I'll, that's it was Tuesday for me with the idea of wearing a mask uh, in service, but I made sure and took extra precautions based on what was happening. Of course, with me traveling and such, I have to be extra careful. Um, and I, I'm very, very serious about my immune system. And I have been, so I could reach the age that I'm at now and still be very <laughs> 23, 24. No, this is oh, please, please. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, one of the things you mentioned, um, the, the products. So what product lines do you have experience with? I have a lot of experience. I didn't want to really delve into that question because two things with products. Um, I'm not being endorsed or, or wanting to sponsor any products just because it's people get wrapped on the name. Right. I get wrapped on ingredients. So that's what the question earlier, I curate my products based on the efficacy, their data of results orientation, and their consistency. And so I'm an ingredients junkie before I am a main brand junkie, because just like I have a very wonderful client, she's in her 70s, she used, I'll say, oil of Olay, right, for 30 plus years. And then all of a sudden, her skin started doing some adverse reactions. And I let her know that, listen, these companies change product formulations all the time. They can get bought out. L'Oreal bought out a few companies um, in recent years. And of course, that naturally changes the formulation. Even if it's a slight percentage, uh, it does make an adverse effect on the skin. So I'm constantly just checking ingredients more than I'm checking the brands because the brands will change. We, we subscribe to the brands because of marketing. So yeah, that, that, that is a fact. And that's really what I was hoping because I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm big. We, you're not paying us to endorse some things. Not, <laughs> that's something on big exposed radio. We don't do. You like to get them checks, we'll, but you'll see some commercials though later. <laughs> um, but I did want to get into the, the ingredients because that's really what it's about um, yes. in terms of whatever it is. Again, in this case, we're talking facials and bodies and things of that nature. Um, so one of the one of the questions that were put together kind of is a standard question that I like to ask. Um, what is your superpower? Oh, I have a lot of them. Um, <laughs> give, give, us, give, give, give them all. Give me one of First, all. I'm a mom. <laughs> like, let's just, I just have to give praises due to that. Um, you know, that is not for the faint of heart. And it's also um, a constant ascension process you go through with being a mom. But as it pertains to um, me and my industry, I would say also my superpower is being flexible and understanding the desire of my clients. So I'm super compassionate, super in tune. So there may be things that I would do, but uh, the other part is I have to remember I'm helping you put your best face forward. 
you see your skin a lot more than me. And so what I tell my clients is we're going to have a tandem effort with this so it can be a treat and not a treatment. So my superpower is also too making sure that all the skills that I've obtained from the military, life, even parenting is transferable in everyday life, especially in my business. So I look at the skin as a map, you know, and who would have known that that would have translated uh, from my experience in the army, but I made it work. And it's a superpower. All your transferable skills are useful if you tap into it. And that's my superpower. I, I like that. Your skin is a map. You ain't lying. You, you, <laughs> and I tell people I've made maps, so your skin will tell on you. So you facts. can. <laughs> facts. I've been drinking a lot more water. I've always had good skin, um, but I've drinking a lot more water, and I know that entails kind of helps with with the, with the skin glowing and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Um, so, so where do you where do you think where do you think the beauty industry is is going? Right, because. A lot of times what I will say, you're an attractive woman. Most of the time I see you, you don't have a lot of makeup on. Where do you think the the, the beauty industry is is going? Um, You know, the beauty industry is worth billions of dollars. And I think that it's only going to get better. They're getting more creative. And I think that with the current situation with the pandemic, um, companies had to be a lot more creative. it's actually pushing people more to get in touch with those who they consider to be influencers, professionals, um, getting products in their hands. So they want to push more products, more usage. Um, I see different modalities that are being used, like microneedling, um, the LED mask people are wearing now and doing more at-home treatments. So the business in, of beauty is always going to be, there's always going to be an aesthetics portion in our society Um, I just see that the shift is different based on how we approach beauty and what we consider beauty. That's the only difference now. Um, You've seen during the pandemic, a lot of celebrities went from star quality to looking homeless in two weeks. And so, you know, it was (laughs) just keeping it 100. So the, the focus why they gotta, is why they look homeless though. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind. I just, you know, and no disrespect um, in that regard, but um, it was almost like, you know, people were focusing on what, what am I doing for self-care? You know, when I can't slap on a full face of makeup because I'm not going to be seen in front of people, no one's really, you know, doing things event wise, how do I maintain myself? And so the beauty industry, in my opinion, from what I've seen, has spilled over into health industry. And hopefully they can coincide a lot more because I approach skincare as holistic anyway. And you know, with your facial, I got all of your business and asked about things that you might not have thought was correlated to your skin, but it is. So the beauty industry is just, if they're smart, which I think they are, they're um, adjusting the trends to shift to um, accommodate where we are at the current condition and state of our world and still be a billions worth dollar industry. <laughs> now, that's a fact. I, I did a little research myself as much as I don't like to. <laughs> the, numbers are, the numbers are just crazy in terms of oh, yeah. you know, beauty and makeup. But one thing I will say is it, uh, it, it has been in our favor as African-Americans when so for such a long time, um, you know, how dark you were was was an issue, right? And now you see a lot more of African-American women, 
darker, you know, models, you know, natural hair, all those things uh, seem to be coming to play. And, um, you know, skin is all that beautiful skin. It's, there's nothing like beautiful black skin. Indeed. So, Indeed. Um, so what, what kind of <laughs> questions, because you mentioned this earlier, what kind of questions do you ask your clients during a, a consultation? Oh, I mean, there's so many ones, but I, I would say mostly off the top of my, <laughs> mostly off the top of my head, I would say one of the main questions I ask um, is water intake and what is your skincare goals? What are the current products that you use and are you happy with them? And people kind of look perplexed when I say, am I happy with them? Yes. Because scientifically, if you're not happy with something, if you don't like the smell of something, uh, if you don't like the consistency or feel of something, you're not going to want to use it. So if a client tells me that they had a, a, a creamy type consistency cleanser, but their skin is still breaking out and they barely use it, that gives me insight into how to um, conduct our facial, but also how to make product recommendations that will be more aligned. Because if you don't use it, you're not going to really see the benefit. So. I definitely also get into um, what you're ingesting. You know, the skin is the largest organ on the body and whatever you put on your skin does go into your bloodstream. And so essentially, um, I pretty much dig into, you know, what you do, a little bit of lifestyle questions, but just really focusing on what your skincare goals and journey are and then line that up with what information was given to me and see if we can make a new navigation path, or we stay on the path and do a little tweaking. Yeah, pretty simple, I know. <laughs> yeah, simple for some, simple for some. <laughs> um, tell us, what's what's next for, for Carla Ross, Master <laughs> Licensed Esthetician? Oh, wow. So um, Carla Ross, <laughs> I am relocating um, to Georgia, and um, I am also currently still servicing my clients in the DMV area. I have a plan to be able to travel bi-monthly for those who want to see me. Um, and But in the meantime, I will expand my services to the Southern Southeast region uh, um, permanently. But, um, and I want to expand. I think that expansion is almost inevitable for me. Um, as I've been scaling my business, I've, know, I've noticed that there's a, a huge a huge need for what I do. And I need to be able to expand myself a lot more. I also want to teach. Um, I feel that a part of me is wanting to extend all of my skill sets and share it with those who are interested in aesthetics, but also let them be taught from the right way first. And why not be taught the five-star way so your career can uh, continue on that same path. So that's kind of a nutshell of it. I'm sure there's other things that's going to happen, but I'll be on another show to update you on that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I think definitely just the knowledge that you possess, and I've seen this in other professions, given especially given this time where they've they started courses, mm -hmm. um, training, learning sessions, whatever term you use, right? But I think that was definitely something that, you know, you should probably that you should, as you mentioned, that's something in the future. And I can see you can do that. I think that would be very valuable for quite a few folks um, in the near future. So uh, we'll, we'll, we're going to keep an eye on that. Again, this is Be Exposed Radio. And 
we expect when you say something, we will expose what happens. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure that you expose what happens and have something for you to expose. Because <laughs> Carla Sugar is going to be, I want Carla Sugar to be more than just a glorified hobby. So thank you for that vote of confidence. Absolutely. And it, I mean, you know, I, I find that folks, they, these days, they take something that they love. Um, it goes from a hobby to mm-hmm. uh, an income driven um, and, and an asset. I mean, that's really what it is, right? And Absolutely. You can do something that you love, wake up and it's, it's not really work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Not even work. So since we're talking about assets, what's your greatest asset as an esthetician? Oh, this one. (laughs) You know, honestly, I would say my biggest, greatest asset is my desire for what my client wants. Like I end up becoming in sync with what it is that you desire for your skin, because I understand what it's like, especially when the pandemic hit. I had a lot more online consultations because people were finding themselves having to have a lot of Zoom meetings and, you know, constantly being home and not being outside, but still having to push yourself to put your best face forward. And so um, my greatest asset was just really, I, I really tune in. I really listen to what people want and then see if that's congruent with your skincare goals, you know, the time frame, and with what I offer, you know products, services, modalities, even encouragement. Um, I even offer skin meditations uh, for those who need to hear um, positive affirmations about their skin. You know, we don't hear a lot of that. Um, And, you know, I think really, like I say, it's just meshing in with what people need and want to where we have a, a synergistic relationship and that's why they keep coming back. So, yeah. That's what we want. We want them to keep coming back. Once again, we have Carla Ross, licensed master esthetician, mother, army specialist, retired, nothing, another strong black woman on Living a Rich Life talk show. Uh, I love it. Now, we do have a little fun here on Living a Rich Life also, okay? Okay. So we're play a little game, which I like to call, um, it's called, uh, it has so many names. Look, look, I got I got my new setup here. That's why I'm trying to get back in the office. Into the- <laughs> it's okay. I won't hold it against you this time. <laughs> Which would you choose? Okay. So we're going to see, uh, again, based on, uh, we're going to try to ask some stuff situated with uh, healthcare and beauty and, and then some things just randomly is going to pop up. So yeah. we're we're gonna see. You ready to play? I have no choice. Let's go. <laughs> Which would you choose? <laughs> Always wish, but this is a good one for, for, for women. I'm not being chauvinistic, but women usually have more shoes than men. Always wear shoes one size too small or always wear clothes three sizes too big. Which would you choose? <laughs> I like this one. I would wear the clothes because I can always adjust the clothes. Feet are important and that's a part of your support system. So we don't do the corns and bunions over here. So I, I can tie up a shirt 
I can cinch in some pants. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I knew that's right. That, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> care for your feet. <laughs> you know what I love? I think you're one of the few guests that actually provide an explanation. So let's stay with that theme. Keep that going. Uh, of course. Oh. <laughs> so here's one, but I, I, I know some of this, but we'll share with the folks that are watching and listening. Okay. Um, which would you choose? You are fluent in every language or you have the ability to talk with plants and animals? Uh, we already have a Dr. Doolittle. Um, <laughs> I would like fluency in, in all languages, and here's why. Because um, you speak a few already. Just just a couple, but... <laughs> I'm just saying it. That's why I knew. I thought you were, were going speak to, to speak with animals and plants. So. You know, the reason I say fluent languages is because when I traveled the world, I saw how important it was to be able to speak other languages. And even if you didn't speak them, to be, under, to be understanding... And for me, because I'm expanding myself and my business, that's a great asset to have, to be able to reach another culture, a group of people that may not have accessed you because you speak their language and you understand them. And it's good to know if people talk about you. I mean, shoot, who doesn't want to know? <laughs> so, you know, the plants and animals, they're good. They, you know, they're actually really more telepathic than we give them credit for. And talking to plants, they don't really respond back. They have their own language with each other. They talk to each other through their roots. When we talk to them, we just give them carbon monoxide that helps them to continue their photosynthesis process. So I would choose the languages because the pets and, and the plants, they good. <laughs> they good. I love it. Science term, photosynthesis. <laughs> you broke it down for them. You broke it down for them. Just I a little. <laughs> would you choose which would you choose eyeliner or lipstick lipstick i'm not a <laughs> and the reason is because you know um i actually was one of the girls that didn't start i i still don't really wear a lot of makeup and when i did i remember asking my mom um when i'm 16 can i drink coffee and wear makeup and she was looking at me like okay sure yeah and then i was 16 i was like i didn't want to do it and I had no idea it was because um, I just felt that there was a need for me to accentuate my natural beauty. And, um, you know, coming up, I didn't see a lot of people like we do now um, focus so heavily on makeup, which I absolutely love. I think it's great. I think a lot of people have done some magic. Um, however, I know that um, for me, eyeliner was a little tough to learn at first and I don't like getting poked in my eyeball. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think of that. That's yeah. Women do it, and they do it so well. That's, yeah, it's a it's a skill. I I give more power. I do it every now and again, very few and infrequent. But lip, just throw it on, and keep it pushing. <laughs> All right, which would you choose? You can remember every little detail of every day of your life, or you can remember your dreams vividly. Hmm. <sighs> That's tough. That's like an inception question. Is your waking life your dream life or your dream life your waking life? Um, <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It was. It was. Um, I would say I would like to remember my dreams. And the reason why is because when you're actually, 
you know, when you're actually in your real life, I think a lot of us don't remember because we're so fast moving, even our brain, we're constantly thinking. When you're sleeping, you're hopefully at theta state to where your body's at complete rest and you gather so much information as your body is resting and healing. And there are times where I really wanted to think about um, what and really you know, gather what my dreams were. And I felt great in my dream. But when I woke up, I didn't, I didn't know what it was about. So I feel that our dreams have more messages um, at times that can help us in our waking life. So I would probably want to remember my dreams more than what happens every day here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. But then again, I can't remember what happens and when I'm awake. You got to slow down. It's really a conditioning process, you know, even with, that's why I say it's never just skincare. You know, we talk about, um, you know, I know this is the game and stuff, but no, no, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. We have conversations like this all the time in, in um, my services and not as specific, but, you know, how we can do things that help us to be better in our waking life so that we can slow down enough to take care of ourselves, to remember your thoughts, to remember what's most important. So you're not in the hustle bustle of just doing, but you're more in a state of being. So yeah, it's, it's pretty aligned. <laughs> See, So that's the, the, that's the parallel that I, I want to bring. Like, so most of my guests, matter of fact, all of my guests, first, everyone has a story to tell. I believe that that's the first thing. Um, and I, I usually look for guests that one inspire me some form of fashion. And most of my guests, some know it, some don't, um, but that's really what it's about. When you think about the principles, good health, strong relationships, financial freedom, goals and achievement, extraordinary experiences, philanthropy, there's, there's no difference from my, in my mind, you know, when it comes in, in dealing with college sugar, right? You're talking about good health. Yes. Right? And it's just more in your lane. So yes. at the end of the day, it's a, a, it's a win-win situation as far as I'm concerned, having you on the show and I. I definitely appreciate you sharing. It's never a dull moment talking to you. I can tell you that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a little tame right now because we're on the show, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, I, I like talking about all ranges of things because it's, it's also about connection. You know, we have lost the ability to have um, the beauty of touch during the pandemic too. Mm-hmm. And so um, I take that to heart that every time I am able to see someone, whether it's online or in consultation or in person, that is invaluable because we are not built to be here as islands to ourselves. We are definitely here to connect. And so when I do so, whether I see that person again or I don't, I want to be able to be impactful enough so that they can make some changes in their lives or continue to be encouraged to do what they're already doing. So I appreciate you for having me on the show to expound on that truly and 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 one thing i want to follow up with and kind of you know how i like to close things out yes i do (laughs) so tell us what does living a rich life mean to you living a rich life means to me going to sleep knowing that you lived like really laying down and having those moments where you either recollect your day or you think about, you know, your loved one who's in the next room. And before you close your eyes, knowing truly that you have such a solid 
foundation of peace, a foundation of you've lived, you have lived in whatever way that looks. So, well, I won't say whatever way, but you know, it's most positive. positive <laughs> right. You yeah. know, um, I was living away and it just wasn't, it wasn't very rich. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, that's the thing. And usually when you say um, living a rich life, it that that means so many different things for so many people. And that's why I say um, when you can go to sleep at night and before you close your eyes, you know, you've lived. That's a big deal. Some people, my mom used to say live because some of us woke up dead and I was a kid and that stuck with me. You know, so I would always think about that. You know, we do mundane, mundane things all the time. But if you can really feel like how dope it is to be able to live and to say that I possibly get a chance to do that again if I wake up the next morning, that's living a rich life. Really, it is. That's, that's what's up. I generally like to say life is good. Enjoying life is better. Mm, I like that. That's great. I might have to steal that. <laughs> so that's the one thing I don't have copyrighted yet. Okay. <laughs> By all means. Well, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for um, sharing your story. Thank you. And, um, uh, hopefully, I will we'll connect soon. And um, normally, I take my guests out after the show. But one, there's some terrible rain coming. <laughs> in the studio. It so is. It's okay. <laughs> we'll get together. I just have to owe you a meal. And um, just keep keep being great. Keep shining. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on the show. And thank you for drinking your water. You did listen to me and um, for sharing this platform with many others who would actually need to see what living a rich life could mean for them. I really thank you for that. Thank you, Carla. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Indeed. Have a great one. Yeah, you too. All right, folks. So there you have it. We had our first guest was Carla Ross. Um, our second guest uh, is, is pretty amazing also. Um, but before we get into that, we got some uh, living a rich life moments in time. So I don't know if you guys know, but um, Cam Newton got released from the New England Patriots, uh, which just shocks me because when I heard he was going to be the starting quarterback, again, that just didn't happen. So uh yeah, that's breaking news. Cam Newton is gone. He is gone. He is gone. He is gone. Um, and more local news. Um, there's a press release, and uh, our mayor, Brandon M. Scott, announced a new vaccination policy for city workers, which will go into effect on Monday, October 18th. All employees who are not fully vaccinated will be required to produce a weekly negative test result in order to report to work. And um, I don't know how folks feel about that. I have been vaccinated. Um, but folks have certain feelings about vaccination. So either way, I think if you're not vaccinated, they're going to make you take that test on a weekly basis. And uh, none of that is fun. <laughs> so I generally like to mess with my producer extraordinaire, Monty. Um, we're still virtual because I know there was a couple of folks asking. Um, in the next couple of weeks, we're having uh, some, some major guests. And they were asking, are you going to be in the studio or is it going to be virtual? 
So um, we're staying virtual still because we're staying safe. And um, as long as the pandemic word is out there, it will be virtual. Period. It'll be virtual. Is there if there's a pandemic, there will be virtual. Yes. If there's a chance of you getting infected, it will be virtual. <laughs> if you are infected, it will be virtual. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, I love it. I love it. So was our next guest ready, Money? Let's see. But this is going to be interesting because we're talking again. We talked earlier fashion and we talked, we're going to talk some, uh, we're going to talk fashion. We talked uh, health, good health, healthy tips, facial esthetician. And that was some good conversation. I learned some things, y'all. I'm going to be straightforward. I I learned some stuff that I didn't know. And um, I guess I could have just sat down and, uh, and uh, could have asked Carla some questions, but um, I never really thought about it. We talked about so many other things. So it's great when you have guests um, that are really fully engaged, really know their craft. Um, I have most of my guests, majority of my guests, they come in and they provide such an insight on so many different levels, so many different levels. Um, I've had promoters. I've had lawyers. I've had musicians, I've had uh, DJs, I've had, um, good gosh, entrepreneurs, corporate individuals, CEOs, principals, uh, musical artists. I've I've had a little bit of everything on the show. And each time, again, it's been a blessing. Um, I will say it's that time where uh, the best of living a rich life, um, God willing, will be happening this year again, where I will be full, featuring three um, of my guests and will be um, providing a special prize or gift or thank you. Um, so that is the best of living a rich life. And again, hopefully, um, again, things will not, things will get better. Things will get better. Right now, we're taking a turn. Um, so we'll see. We shall see, but that is scheduled to happen. The best of living a rich life event was pretty good um, last year. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Right. So let's see what other news we have going on today. Call in, give me some questions. If you have any questions, call in. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can check me out on my website, um, but again, if you want to call in on the radio, it's 443-642-9403. That's uh, BeExposedRadio.com. Call in, ask your question, and um, you know what? We're going to work on getting some music in it because I think every great talk show host has some type of music. So I call Monty the magician. He's my, my producer. We're going to have to get back onto that because we talked about that one other time. So, but again, this is Rich James, Living a Rich Life talk show. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can um, check me out on my Instagram, Living a Rich Life underscore. Hit the link and there's a contact us and we'll get you on and we will tell your story. So, uh, I don't know if it's a time for commercial break. I think we might take a quick commercial break. 
excuse me, pay some bills as we um, get ready to talk to our second guest, who is pretty phenomenal. All right. So we'll be right back. We're going to take a commercial break. Check out some of our sponsors. We'll come right back. Rich James, beautifulvideo.com. We'll be right back. Getting it together, getting it together. Oh, see how my head moves? We have commercial. There we go. Living a Rich Life talk show. I am your host, Rich James, and this is BeExposedRadio.com. And our second guest is here. And I got to tell you, this second guest, she is, uh, she's phenomenal, just in terms of her style. She's a classy lady. And I got to tell you, when it comes to fashion, she knows what she is doing. Please welcome... Miss Brenda L. Jones, CEO hey, you guys. of Brenda L. Jones Clothing. Yay. How you doing? Hey, you guys. How are hey. you guys? We are well, so I can't see you. I don't know what's going on. Let me try to get back. I don't know. Oh, there you go. Hi. Yes. How are you guys? Oh, we're wearing the same color. Yes. See, that happened to be like that. And in fashion essential, so we have Miss Brenda Jones, uh, Brenda Jones, Brenda L. Jones clothing. You, you got your shoes in the back. I, I love it. I love the background. Thank you. I'm in my closet right now. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I, I always like to ask my uh, my guests uh, in, in terms of tell us tell us where you're from. I'm. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, um, born and raised, and excited about that as well. Um, I've been living here my whole life. Okay. okay. And uh, tell us, so how did you get started in fashion? 
Um, one day I was around 18 and the story goes, I always say the story at my fashion shows. I have done seven fashion shows thus far. Um, and I always tell people how I got started. Uh, when I was 18, my grandmother, our ex-grandmother for a fashion, I mean, for a sewing machine. And, um, and she said, if, if I buy you the sewing machine, here's history. Um, I started sewing and it fits to, you know, um, the different parties or whatever. And oh, yeah. Oh, you got a little pet there. Yeah, she's she's all over the place. <laughs> so tell us, what do you love about yeah. being a fashion designer? I mean, I love it. I love the colors. I love the um, different trends. Um, I think when you are doing fashion, you are expressing who you are. So um, that's what I love about it the most. I love the nights where I'm grinding at night and I'm making women look beautiful. Um, I'm changing their life or I'm a part of a really important um, part of their life, like their wedding, their prom, their birthday. So I just love putting smiles on people's face for my talent. You know, God has given me a talent to make people smile. And, and I will say that because I've seen a lot of your work and it's, it, it is amazing. The level of detail is, is just amazing. And I, I know that has, that has to take a lot of time. I mean, it does take a lot of time, but I've been doing it since I was 18. I'm currently 35 now, so that's been over 12 years of doing this thing. I've been doing, I've been in the game for a long time, so it doesn't take me as long as people may think, but um, it do take me long to um, like write it down and draw it out and execute it and do the fittings and everything, but I can finish a dress in two to three days, but wedding dresses take way longer. It take, they, they take actually months and months to do, you know. Okay, so so what are the common, and I like to ask this question, because there's always pros and cons to everything. What are the common problems or, or challenges you usually face when fitting, you know, clients for dresses? Um, I don't know. I'm going to tell you this. I don't really face a lot of problems because once we do the consultation and I um, draw out what they want, I get their fabric and everything, and um, I bring whatever they want it to life. Um, when I do the fitting, I don't, a lot of times when people come to me, they trust me. So mm -hmm. I don't have any like problems with anybody um, when I do their fittings. Um, sometimes I would say this one thing, um, this is a recent uh, problem, I would say, um, garments. Women don't have the proper undergarments for their dresses, especially like um, wedding dresses and um, see-through dresses and stuff like that. So that probably would be one of my pet peeves. Um, I would say women garments or whatever, but I decided to start supplying all my girls with um, garments to go underneath their dress, like the proper one. So okay. it's no longer a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that's right. So tell us, um, can you share your social media information so that folks uh, can get in contact with you if you needed to do some fashion designing work for them? Sure. Um, for Facebook um, and for Instagram, they're, my handle is Brenda L. Jones Clothing. Um, and for my website is www.brendaljonesclothing.com. So for IG and Facebook, um, my handle is Brenda L. Jones Clothing. So Brenda, you know what I'm going to ask you, right? I'm listening. I'm ready for the question. What does the L stand for? Um, 
Latrice. Latrice is what the L stands for. Brenda Latrice Jones. I just think that I think that it's hot from a fashion standpoint. Brenda L. BLJ clothing. I mean, I, you know. Just, that's what everyone calls me. Um, they that's that has become my name over the years. Brenda L. Jones. Um, they call me my full name, and sometimes they say BLJ. Sometimes they say B. So I have like three different nicknames from that one Brenda L. Jones name. Um, yeah, the whole name. See, my mother calls my name. I'm in trouble. She says my whole name. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I don't get in trouble much. I'm a good girl. I don't. I, I don't make too many mistakes. So my mom. I don't even know where I came up with the whole Brenda L. Jones thing. It just kind of um, came with like you know when I was in college and I started this whole um, sewing business. Um, it just came with it. People were like Brenda L. Jones, Brenda L. Jones. So I just kept the name, you know. So. I didn't okay. have to work hard on finding a name for my brain. Nice, nice. And you do some excellent work. So folks that are just oh, joining yeah. and, and listening and watching, we are speaking with Brenda L. Jones, uh, this fashion designer, owner of Brenda L. Jones Clothing. Um, if you want to call in and ask some questions, by all means, or we'll drop a uh, question in the chat. Telephone number is 443-642-9403. Give us a holler. Let's uh, ask Brenda some questions. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to keep going because we, we got some things that we want to ask. So do you design your own clothes? Yeah, I design from scratch. So like um, if you want something um, like a dress or uh, a wedding gown or a prom gown, it actually starts from material. We don't buy it from China. We don't buy anything from China. We, I, it's all executed um, here at the Brendel Jones factory. So um, mm-hmm. we start with just a piece of material and we, we, we cut it out and we sew it together just like that. So what other than dresses, what other fashion designs? I'll assume you do other stuff. I do. I do. Um, I do jackets. I do skirts. I do... Um, Pants, I do I do it all. I just don't do alterations, but I do it all. Um, so it just, just depends on the client. Um, as I evolved, um, as a as I grew as a grown woman, at first the dresses come from that's all I used to wear. Mm-hmm. That's all I wore out, that's all I wore to um, work or whatever. And so I think as I my inspiration doesn't really come from people or other designers. Um, it comes from me evolving as a woman, right? So as I evolved, I started making jeans and started making pants and skirts and um, jackets and shorts and stuff like that. So it kind of went with as I matured as a woman, you know, my fashion mature, I would say. Nice. So what subjects are you currently following in the the fashion industry? Do you follow? What subjects subjects are you currently following in the fashion industry? Do you follow the fashion industry? I'm not a big follower. I, I really, I'm, and I'm going to tell you this. Um, you have to have some thoughts on some of this. What's your thoughts on skinny jeans? Oh, men. I don't follow this. Okay, okay. So skinny jeans for men? Yeah. Um, my thoughts, you can wear them if you want to, but I, as a fashion person, I really don't think um, men that are, have like thick thighs and you know, they're a little bit, you know, over uh, weight. I don't think they should be wearing them. You know, um, I think skinny jeans are for small 
small guys, you know, like, you know, tall, small or, or short, small, um, skinny, but I don't think skinny jeans are for like, um, guys that got like nice quads and stuff. I think a fitted jean for a man is good, but not okay. like, not like leggings or like, you can't even go like this. I, I can't stand them. Okay. I'm sorry. I, it's one of my pet peeves. I can't stand okay. them. What are your thoughts on Crocs? For who? Men or women? Both. I think Crocs are good for women. Um, um, it just depends on what setting you're wearing them in. You know, I think Crocs should be stored in like um, the nursing field like that. But as a fashion somebody to go out at a party or in Crocs. Um, guys wearing Crocs, absolutely no, unless he's a nurse or something like that. But I think this marriage of the um, this this woman and this man, like the fashion and how it's emerging, I just, I can't really take it. I don't think men should have man bags. I don't, leave, let the men do the men and let the women do the women, I would say. That's my fashion sense of it all. I, I want I want to comment on that. What's a what's a man bag? A man bag is a purse, a purse that he puts a, like he puts things in, like a woman would put things in. You know, I, I I'm I'm from the old school. I love when a man has a wallet and his keys um in his pocket. Um, or if he cannot put his keys in his pocket, I don't I don't think keys should be that bulky where you should be able to put it in your pocket, right? Um, if you can't put in your pocket and you're with me, I don't mind putting them in my bag, you know, but for a man to have the same bag, kind of purse, having it on the side of him, it's just, I'm from those old school. I just don't want my man wearing a man, a manny. I call it a manny, a man bag. Like it's just, he has a man bag. Now he has on legging jeans. We're looking alike at this point. Don't you think? <laughs> yes, I'm asking you. I'm, that's, that's why we're I'm, looking. I don't want to look like my man. I want to feel the like I'm the feminine one, and I want him to feel like he is the masculine one. And with skinny jeans and this 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 purse on you, I just don't think that I to each his own. I just don't want my man win that. I would say. Okay, okay, okay. I, I can dig. I can I can dig it. I can dig it. So, so tell us what's what's next for Brenda L. Jones clothing. What's what's next? I don't want to spill the tea too much because I I believe in um, speaking about things when they're done. I'm big on that. Um, but Facts. you know, I'm I'm big on speaking about things when they're done. So, with that being said, I have so much in store for Brenda L. Jones. Um, I'm 35. At 37, I don't want to be the one sewing. I know that for sure. Um, so right now I'm gathering a team so we can increase our volume during prom. Uh, we can increase our volume because I have clients in LA and all over the world. So it's kind of hard for me, for me and my team to like, you know, handle so many orders right now. Um, we only can handle a capacity a month of 300. So right now I'm just expanding the team so we can um, get to more customers and more supporters and more clients. Um, also, I am. Um, looking for space so I can do this prom idea that I have. I don't want to give you guys too much, but 
It's looking like a vertical business, I would say. Nice. Well, we appreciate you sharing that much with us. We, yeah, I just don't want to, you know, I just, I, I like to have everything in order Ooh. before I even, you know, do everything. But we do have the boutique um, that's out right now, um, www.BurnDowJonesClothing. But this, the boutique is www.bljboutique.com. So um, we're testing the market right now because we want to make sure our consumers are receiving their things on time. So we're using different avenues. So once we finish t- testing the market, we're going to um, officially um, launch it on IG. But we have it on other sites like SE, um, Amazon, and stuff like that. I just want to see how the um, shipping methods will work before we get to our client base. Okay. How would you define your personal style? And I ask that question because, again, every time I see you, you look you look lovely. That's the first thing, uh, and and so stylish. And I, you know, the next time I see you, I'm gonna ask you, did you make that? <laughs> yeah, I I make everything that I wear, but lately I've been wearing like boutique stuff. So if somebody asks me, you know, where did you get that? And I can basically say www.blj, you know, shopblj.boutique.com. Um, but that's the first time, this is the first year I started wearing like boutique clothes that were already made. But usually when you see me out at, um, a party or uh, a dinner, I'm making that, you know, I make the glamorous stuff or whatever. So, yep, I make all of my stuff. Very, very nice. So one of, one of my team members came up with this question, what clothing items or styles do you think the planet is better off? without <laughs> crops skinny jeans <laughs> yeah person for men yes um the uh them i would say fashion is is great when it fits the person that's wearing it mm. and i'm saying fashion is great when it fits the person that's wearing it um i think the world would be better without people following trends right? Um, everybody looks the same. Everybody is buying the same things because it's trendy um, because of Instagram. I think the world would be better if people people wonder, like when you say you see me with clothes on, um, what's my inspiration? How did I come up with it? And it's basically because I'm just being myself. I put on what I feel, you know, and once you get to know who you are, you're, 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 you're start, you will start putting on things that make you feel good. You're not going to wait for your birthday to put on a gown. You're not going to wait for um, Christmas to put on certain things in New Year's. You're going to you're going to view the world as your runway and you're going to do whatever you want to do when you want to do it. You know, so I, I love that. I love that because and I say that I used to buy stuff and I was like, oh, uh, I got to wait for something to wear it. I, but no. now, I, I buy something. I wear it. God damn it. I, man, my house is my runway. I still <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I mean, honestly, like when people be like, oh, um, I'm going to wait for my birthday to do this. Like even wearing makeup, like people are like, oh, I'm waiting to my birthday to wear this makeup. I'm going to do this. And I'm just like, why? Every day is not promised. Every day, every day is a celebration, whether you're doing business, whether you're living, whether you're waking up in the morning. Um, So I just dress up. I love to dress up. Even when I go to dinner, I am always like well-dressed. Um, I wear what I want and when I want to wear it. I just don't wait for a moment because when that moment don't come, you know? For real. I got, I'll be mad. I bought these new shoes and I can't wear them. 
I'd be like, yo, put them on in my casket, goddammit. That's <laughs> yeah, I think people just overthink. I just think people just overthink um fashion so much. When they realize that fashion is a feeling and not just a thing, then they're just gonna feel and they're gonna wear what they want, you know. Facts, facts. Yeah. So, you know, uh speaking of fashion, I'm listening. I'm a sponsor for Art Taste 2021. Can okay. You- I haven't heard of it yet, but okay. Well, we're gonna have to talk about that off. We'll, we'll talk about that offline. Art Taste 2021. It's food, fashion, and art. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yes, it's it's a, it's a sounds awesome. It's a good look, and I think you would you would fit in very well. Yeah, awesome. I mean, whatever you need. I guess we'll talk about it offline, but whatever you need. Okay. Um. I'd be happy to help you or be there. I don't know. Once you give me more details about it, I would be happy. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, question for you, fashion designers, what what skills um, do you think should be included? What skills should a fashion designer have? First, they, they have to know how to sell. Yeah, I would say you, you got to, I mean, it just depends on, um, if you're a fashion designer, if you're just a fashion designer for yourself, I would suggest that you just know how to sew. Um, I don't use patterns, but I think patterns are really good for um, beginners. Um, also, you don't need like a sewing machine that's like, I have a expensive sewing machine, but I also started off with a singer that was $300, you know? Um, I don't think you need expensive things to start anything. Um, I just think that you need to know how to just, you know, the, the craft and continue and, and to continue to um, brief up on your craft. With everything, that's it. Uh, keep studying, just keep yeah. studying. But if you're a fashion designer that wants to go into the business, I would suggest that you um, understand the art of customer service. Mm. Customer service is so important. Um, and having your um, consumers really to believe in who you are and uh, what you do and not delivering their um, garments um, not on time, make sure their garments are on time, they're well constructed, you know, stuff like that or whatever. So it's kind of two sides of being a fashion designer that I think people, depending on what you want to do, I think as a person, that's an individual, just know how to sew and keep, keep learning more, more and more and more about your craft. And then on the other side, I think customer service, you never, never take on more than you can choose. Right. And I think it's your work ethics. That's, that's the one thing that, you know, your, your message, if, if your IG is real and, and, it's, and it's true, which I appreciate your, your work ethics, because, you know, I, I take time to read stuff. So you know, sometimes folks just see stuff, they want to see pictures, but I actually read and just, you know, Brenda L. Jones clothing, your, your work ethics are pretty Pretty yeah, yeah. I'm up to three o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm up to three o'clock in the morning sewing. Um, I'm willing to do whatever is necessary to make my customers happy. And I think a lot of new entrepreneurs, um, because I remember when I was a baby in um, business, um, I didn't understand that my customers are the reward. You know, a lot of times these uh, new entrepreneurs believe that they are the reward, and they don't realize that. You can, everybody, a lot of people have talent, but a lot of people don't have any consumers. So the, the mm. gift of it all is, yeah, a lot of people don't have the, the consumers. So 
the gift of it all is when people are um, seeking you out and they want you to do work for them, it's a blessing and it's a gift and you have to treat them as such, you know? Um, so you make sure you deliver on time. You make sure you have open communication and you got to know what type of customer you're dealing with because some customers require a little bit more attention uh, where they need verbal phone calls and what's going on and when it's going to be done. And some customers just totally trust you where you have to call them and say, are you coming to get your dress? Um, so you customer service is very important when you're coming into this game. And um, and when I and when you say work ethic, I think people don't realize this about work ethic. Um, you can have a good work ethic, but you you don't understand business. I can work hard, but you don't understand the flow of making clothes. Mm. So you might come in this year and you might say, "Oh, I can I can finish something, or I can complete something," but you don't know what it takes to do a prom season. A prom season is is lethal, you know. So I think that when new fashion designers are coming into the business and they want to do prom or um, those big events like that. I think they should speak to a little, I mean, a couple of seasoned designers that's been doing it for, I've been doing it for over 10 years. Um, and so they can make less mistakes, I would say. Okay. Well, what I like to do is shift, the, uh, shift gears a little. I'm listening. We have fun. There's a game I call, which would you choose? Okay. I'm going to ask you a question and give you two options, and you have to choose one. Okay. All right, you ready? I'm ready. All right, and then I'm going to leave. Tell me why. So let's let's start off. Which would you choose? Wedding season or prom season? Come on. Come on. I can't choose both. No. <laughs> That's why the game is called Which Would You Choose? I don't want to choose either one because I love both of them. But um, from a financial standpoint, I would say I would choose wedding season because yeah. I, 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 I make less dresses um, to meet the price point of what I would do for prom, I would say. Okay. My, I would, it's, it's more, if, if I had to choose based off of financial reasons, it would be um, wedding season. Okay, okay, from a financial standpoint. If there was no financial impact, which it would be prom, is that what you're telling us? Yeah, it would be prom because, it would be prom because I love um, changing young girls' lives because when people come into a BLJ experience or a BLJ consultation, it's not just, um, just a dress being made. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm changing their personality. I'm changing how they see themselves. We have deep in-depth conversations. Um, I also give out scholarships. So if a young girl comes to me and I don't do it like, um, like traditional. So if a young girl comes to me and she's working really hard and her dress is like $1,700 and um, she's paying for it on her own, um, I'm literally, I, I might make her dress and let her pay for her whole dress. And then after it's done, I give her her envelope with all her money that she paid um, and say, this is um, either a scholarship towards your college education or this is a free prom dress. Mm. That's what's so up. I love I, it. I really just love taking these young girls and seeing what they're going to do with their lives. And honestly, 90% of the young girls still call me to this day. And they call me, they be like, Miss Wendy, what do you think I should do? I'm in college. Da, da, da. And I also send them money for their books. So I have a big impact 
on um, the young girls or whatever. But the wedding, it's just beautiful. Like, I love weddings. I don't want to get married, but I love weddings. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, okay. But that's 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 a beautiful thing. I mean, that's that's part of, you know, from my perspective, what living a rich life is about, right? You know, yeah, so, yeah, just pouring into people. And, and philanthropy, giving back and helping others build. Because we 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 ain't do this on our own. We didn't get here on our own. And exactly. anyone that tells you they did it, they're they're not being very honest. And so, I'm big on, you know, whatever you give, um, whatever you put out, God will give it back in so many different ways. And so I have gotten this far. And if I can help somebody get further than what I am, why not? Absolutely. Well said. Let's keep it going. Which would you choose? Always wear shoes one size too small or always wear clothes three sizes too big? Um, always wear clothes three sizes too big. <laughs> okay. I, I'm big on comfort, even though I might wear like tight things and stuff like that. I am so big on comfort um, and I make sure any dress or anything I make is comfortable. Um, and I think your your shoes are so important. Your feet is so important. So when you wear two small shoes, it messes up your whole day. Um, yeah. And it messes up your feet. And I wouldn't dare walk around in two small shoes just to look fashionable. Um, when I was young, I always wore baggy clothes anyway. So that wouldn't be new for me. I just started wearing like um, tight clothes when I was in high school. Tight or fitting? What is that? Is there a difference? Um, tight and fitting. I think it's the same. Well, tight and fitting is kind of the same to me. If it fits your curves and you can see the curves, then it's tight, right? Or it's fitting. You know? well, we're going to say fitting because to me, tight is a difference. Tight is what? See, a lot of people think tight is when it's um not is not fitty or it's not um to me tight is uncomfortable. No, no, no. Tight means for women, for men, tight means uncomfortable. Okay. Um when you have the skinny jeans on and you can't sit down, that's tight. Um when you have on a dress that fits your curves, that's tight. Like, you know, it's tight to your body, it's fitting to your body because clothes can be fitting. Let's put it this way. When you go to an office setting, um, you can have fitting clothes, but they're not tight. Okay. So if you have a shape, shapely body, right, I can have on flats, but they're not tight, but they're fitting. You still can see my curves, but it's not as tight. When I go to a, a gala, I'm going to have on a tight dress and it, it fits tight to your body. So it's too tight and fitted is two different things. Oh, okay. You're going to learn today, Rich James. You're going to learn today. <laughs> I'm just saying. Do you, uh, have, you understand what I'm saying, right, though? I do. I do. Absolutely. I, I do. I, I just, you know, didn't, you know, I, I learned something new today. Yeah, fitted, fitted, fitted clothes and tight clothes are two different things. Okay. Uh, what, what do you feel are your greatest strengths as, as well as your, your weaknesses? Or your deltas. I don't, I don't know. What do you think are your greatest strengths? Um, being a good person. You know, being a good person. Um, giving to people and making sure people are greater than what they were yesterday. Um, my ethics, mm -hmm. my work ethics. Um, the way I work. I am a worker. Um, and I and my business mentor always told me to um, let my my money work for me. Right. And I'm just starting to learn that at 35, well, at 30, I learned that, you know, um, but 
I'm a worker and I love it. You apply it now. Yeah, I apply it now. But no, I, I felt like I didn't learn it before. I just, I wanted to be the one up four o'clock in the morning sewing and doing every bead and every, um, everything. But now I, I feel like my strengths are allowing people to um, do things for me now. Um, bringing them in and um, letting them, you know, do certain things or whatever and trusting people to do the things that I can do. Um, another strength of mine, I just believe, just can about, you know, making women better. I feel like um, a lot of women haven't been taught their self-worth. So I do a lot of um, women's seminars and, you know, women brunches just to make sure women understand that they are worthy and what society has taught them is not what they are. They can be anything they want to be. So I think that's one of my strengths as well. Um, I try not to say the word weakness. Um, I try to not I try not to say the um, word failure um, because I just think they are just redirections of what you should do to make yourself better. Okay. So I don't think I have a weakness. I, and, and it sounds like I'm being and stuff like that, but huh? So I don't I don't think yes, I don't like the words uh weakness either, but things that you know, you know it's always a learning curve or you can work on or you know, so I, I would say for my example, my I would say um sometimes I procrastinate. <laughs> right. So that's um, I'm I'm a procrastinator, but I've learned that, again, procrastination is not that bad when you have learned to work very, very good when you are in a tight spot. So I, I work very good in, um, on deadlines, and that's probably my biggest, uh, that's when I perform the, the best, honestly. So mm -hmm. I don't think procrastination is a weakness. Sometimes it's a good thing. I don't know. I just don't see weaknesses as something. I will definitely agree. With you. I, I definitely agree with you there. Sometimes a little pressure, Rich James really shows up. So I, I, I get it. I get it. Now, there's, there's one question I'd always like to ask my guests. Um, and that is, if, I don't know if you've seen any of my shows, but I always ask my guests, what does living a rich life mean to you? Um, okay, so I break it down into a couple of different um, chapters in my life. Um, rich financially is a beautiful thing. I feel like um, having money is a tool. Um, and I think that you should always chase that tool and let that tool chase you because that's, that's just what makes the world go around. Um, I also think living a rich life is having peace. As I get more mature in life, um, you can't buy it. You have to learn it. You have to experience it. You have to understand what peace is. And so um, living a rich life is having the financial because I, I I can't lie to you. I love money. And money doesn't consume me, but I love making it. And I love um, seeing my numbers go up every day. Um, and so, and, and that whole saying, money doesn't make you happy, well, it helps me change a lot of lives and it makes me happy. And um, it, it allows me to go different places that I've never been before. Um, it, it also puts me in rooms with different people that have more of it. So living a rich life is having peace, um, getting to know who you are um, and, and just and making sure that your life is comfortable um, with the things that you need in life. Um, not comfortable where you're stagnated 
but comfortable in your mindset where you are just happy. That's a rich life for me, just being happy in every avenue of my life. That makes sense. That makes sense. Absolutely. There's, there's no yeah. right or wrong answer. You know, and huh? I, I said there's no right or wrong answer. The, the, the beauty about that question is, depending on who you ask in their life, you'll get a different response. Um, I did give a survey. Yeah. And, you know, I've asked some 20-something-year-olds. I've asked some 70-year-olds, 70-plus. And, you know, depending on, you know, who you're speaking with. Yeah, because some people, some people around my age, they're saying, like, they're probably going to say, like, family, babies, husband. Um, I'm just not, I, I don't think about those things much. Um, so, like, right now, peace. Like, and anything that comes in my life has to be peaceful. Um, even money that comes my way has to be peaceful. I'm not doing any deals with anybody that's not at peace with themselves or they're going to bring a toxic um, revenue over this way that I have to feel uncomfortable with doing business. Everything revolves around peace for me. That's a rich lifestyle. I, I, I'll, I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that. <laughs> so we, we, we've come to the part of the show which I, I, I always hate, which is time to say you gotta let me go. We are on a clock here. We are on a clock. You have to let me go. <laughs> but I definitely, uh, you know, it was a long time coming. I know we were talking back and forth and schedules didn't permit. But um, I thank you for taking your time today to, to come on the show. Um, of course. I'm looking course. forward to things, so it's more wonderful things. Again, I think the last time I saw you out, we took a very nice picture. We uh, sure did. We did. We did. And um, what would you tell folks out there, um, again, if they wanted to get into that fashion design, fashion industry, fashion design specifically, trying to you know be an entrepreneur, make clothes, um, inspire others, what message would you give to them? Um, I would just say, do the work. I think in this generation, um, they think that things come so easy. A lot of us that's probably been on this um, show, we've been doing this for over 15 years. And so we're just probably getting a, I mean, we're blessed. We were blessed then and we're blessed now, but a lot of us are just getting out of just do, right? Um, and, um, and realize that entrepreneurship is not a race, it's a marathon. And a person that stays steady um, is the person that wins the race. Um, also, I tell, tell you know, practice your craft. Get your craft. Do not think that. Don't stay stagnated um, because the world is is there for you to learn from. You know, and if you don't keep oh, froze on us, keep learning. Keep learning. So uh, we're, we're going to close it out with this message, as I like to call uh, living a rich life closing remarks. Um, so first and foremost, thank you to Carla Ross, master, um, licensed master esthetician. Thank you, Brenda L. Jones, founder, CEO of Brenda L. Jones clothing. Um, we learned some things today. I don't know if you did. I know I did. So hopefully you were inspired, you were motivated. Because um, again, my guests, two beautiful queens, 
sharing their experiences, sharing their stories. Um, so, you know, we're going to keep it short and sweet tonight. Um, you all watching Living a Rich Life talk show. Once again, I am your host, Rich James. This is BeExposedRadio.com. And uh, thank you for watching. Continue to be inspired. I'll see you next week. Watch out for some promo videos. It's going to be dope. Till next week, I'm out. Yes. Brenda. Yes. I'm going to take my guest out. But, um, <laughs>